welcome to the Onside Kick Family Hour. I'm your host, Ryan Van Biver. With me, as always, Stephen White. Stephen, it's the first day of free agency. How are you? I am confused. <laughs> but I'm fantastic otherwise. How are you? I'm pretty good. I feel like I, I feel like my head's on a sw- I feel like I'm watching a tennis match in like fast forward motion. You know what I mean? Just everything's pew 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 and it's hard to it's hard to keep up. Like I think my Twitter timeline's giving me a headache if if I can uh, for different reasons than usual. Yeah, I, you know. Uh, definitely giving me a headache. Also giving me a lot of stuff to laugh about. This whole third cousin's wanting a trade thing is Pretty rich. So what a mess. Yeah, it's the uh, yeah. Yeah, and it all came out. Did you have you read that that Washington? It's it's a fascinating story, but that Washington Post story about all the internal drama with uh, you know the GM Scott McClellan and Bruce Allen what and Dan Snyder. What is going on with that? I have no idea. Like I what keep saying that he's not around, and then there's like sightings, like people taking cell phone. Uh, 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 Pictures and videos of him out and about decked out of Redskins gear, but you know, uh, excuse me, Washington gear. Uh, what is going on? I don't even know. Like, is at first I thought it was supposed to be something about his family, and then maybe something about his mental health. I, I, what's going on? Well, it started out like there were reports that he like he hadn't been with the team for a while and he like they went to he went to the senior bowl with him which is that weekend before the super bowl back in january and like didn't sit with bruce allen or jay gruden or anybody from the team there like kind of did his own thing and then he had a grand his grandmother died 99 year old grandmother who had been ill so she died early february not, you know, it was it was uh, sad, obviously, but not something that was out of the blue in an, un- an unexpected development. So he missed the combine and the report was the official report was that he was not there so he could be with his family while, they, you know, in the grieving process. But that was came out in response to the suggestion from Chris Cooley that he hadn't been on. Uh, Chris Cooley made the suggestion on a team owned uh, radio station that he was uh, drinking again and had a drinking problem. And that's why he hadn't been out in public. Really? Yeah. The same dude that said uh, Marvin Lewis is going to retire. Yeah, exactly. I know. Right. (laughs) And the team, like the team didn't reprimand Cooley or say anything about it other than to say, no, he's not here because uh, a death in the family. And then like, it just kept getting weirder and weirder. And now the Washington post had this big story yesterday. It's like, no, like they're, pissed off and they don't like each other and Washington's trying to figure out a way to get rid of the guy so that and Bruce Allen will take over the general manager duties again which uh yeah that seems great because all that really worked out so well for Washington in the past <laughs> this is fine you know yeah. a little, little mean exactly. this is fine as uh, as fine. another as another one of uh Washington's famous recent residents said total mess uh, man, so, listen. and Kirk what Cousins that? figures but, but, the, I, I, and but the, what is so what is the real thing though like what is the real story I, you know what it just that's what I'm still trying to figure out like it sounds why like, would he just up and go away from the thing I, I it sounds just like, like a turf if he really was grieving it sounds like they're trying to keep him away and they're pissed off because they didn't agree on personnel decisions and I guess one of the big ones surprisingly enough Kirk Cousins 
Um, McClellan said he wanted to sign Kirk Cousins to a long-term deal last year and that the team should have done that. That apparently pissed off the team, and Bruce Allen went around telling everybody in NFL circles that uh, McClellan was the was the person leaking all this information out about Cousins oh. to Washington and stuff like that. Okay. So, yeah. It, it, it has all the makings of a classic Washington scandal, except it's about the shitty NFL team there and not the <laughs> the usual shitty people we're used to talking about in Washington. <laughs> So listen, though, here's a plot twist for you. What if one of the Redskins officials are the ones leaking to Cooley to get him to say all this wild shit, and then they just come out and deny it? Man, it wouldn't surprise me in the least bit. I mean, if, if that's like, if they really try to get him out of there, that's, that's one way to do it. I mean, it's a team-owned radio station, and just like, I mean... You know what's so funny about it? Where was it? Let me see. All right, this is from two years ago. Somebody, this got bumped into my timeline today. Uh, new new uh, general manager, Scott McClellan. This is when they, uh, you know, just hired him back in January 2015. Said that Dan Snyder told him he was embarrassed by the way the organization had been. Just wants to win. And that Snyder and Bruce Allen won't interfere with his job. <laughs> funny how things change. Yeah. <laughs> see, here's the thing, though. I, I seem to recall uh, Dan Snyder, like, getting somebody fired off of their radio station before they said something bad about the Redskins or so, something about Washington that he didn't agree with. Oh, yeah. So for Cooley to state on this. Yeah. 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 This seems real fishy. Yeah. Real fishy. Oh, he got, I mean, that one time he got a. Uh... He got NFL Network to hire Jason Lacanfora to get him out of Washington. <laughs> to, get him away, to, get him away out, to get him out of Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, so for him to be hands-off on this <laughs> one, this seems a little fishy. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> I mean, the guy sued a fucking newspaper because they printed a satirical article about the guy. I mean, you know, it's just... It's just a mess, and it's just you know. And now, like you, this more report thing out today, like Kirk Cousins wants a trade, and they told him basically tough shit. It's not happening. So now, I guess you wonder is like, okay, well, I guess Kirk Cousins doesn't have to sign his tag and could sit out this year. Hmm. So we may have uh, we may have even more Kirk Cousins drama on the horizon. Oh boy! Oh my goodness! <laughs> I'm I'm seeing a little timeline drama. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins uh, said denying that he was a uh, was a source for somebody who who uh, who, who said their source was a Pro Bowl offensive Texas player. How many of those are there? I mean, come on, you might be the same damn name. Is but that a Roman now, thing? But but now the tweet has been deleted. Uh, Hopkins tweet has been deleted. So maybe he did talk to. Him. I don't know. But you can't say Pro Bowl offensive Texas player. That, that just kind of narrows it down a little bit. Uh, what you say? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to really look too hard on Pro Football Reference to figure out who that could be. Right. Right. So yeah, that's interesting. It was, it was a quote about Tony Romo. Basically, yeah. so it's not that big of a deal. It was, it was something like, about when he's healthy or something like that, wasn't it? Right, right, right. And really and truly, who isn't going to say that when it comes to Romo? Who, in the last six months, who is, 
talked about Romo without adding the phrase "win healthy." You have to. You yeah. have to. But I guess he didn't. You know, he didn't appreciate her basically putting a spotlight on him. Like I ain't gonna say his name, but his initials are DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> we don't know. I don't have his name, but his nickname is N U K. Oh man, it's just what a time! What a time to be alive! Yeah, now is tomorrow the first day they can actually start signing them, or is that today? Today, four p.m. Okay, so that's why all this news is just flooding in like that. Because yeah. I'm like, every time I blink, I feel like it's one of those truck tweet storm days where every time you look up, it's <laughs> something new. Yeah, my goodness. Every time I refresh Twitter, it's like, oh, something else. <laughs> it has been non It's gone non-frickin-stop today. <coughs> Excuse me. It kind of picked up late last night, you know? I forget what was the one Calias Campbell to Jacksonville maybe was the big one last night. Now it sounds like the Broncos are trying to to win right. Him. And to me, he's a much better fit in, in, in Denver. And I didn't understand the signing for the, the Jaguars or either part really, yeah. except for the fact that they were going to pay him fourteen million a year. That part I really understood really well why Calias Campbell picked him. Yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, and it's kind of funny because they signed. I mean, remember they signed what, Malik Jackson last year, and then he kind of. It seemed like he, they he was played him out of position a little bit, and they you know they they had. I mean, they had a, a pretty good defensive line group of defensive linemen last year. Right, that's what we all thought. Uh, Roy Miller went down. They got to see the young kid play, and and he played really well. And uh, you know. Uh, I can't permit, pr- pronounce the kid's name, but the, like the third round pick last year, uh, really had a, a, a great rookie season. Fowler still yeah. needs some refinement, still needs mm-hmm. to work on his his uh, technique, but you still did see the athleticism and the bend. Yeah, he just has to work on his technique. So they they got a lot going on there, and, and like you said, like with with Malik, it wasn't so much they played him out of position, it's just that they didn't maximize his position versatility. He can yeah. play. Pretty much everywhere except for zero nose, and all you're doing is just line them up at three technique every play. Yeah. It'd be like if you only played Michael Bennett at three technique every play. It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But, hey, you know, everybody can, can cook the meal their own way, I suppose. <laughs> I just – I, I wouldn't real – I wouldn't really understand with a Calais Campbell who's been playing in a 3 4 for a while now, who's more, more of an inside guy now anyway. Yeah. Um. And basically, what he's going to do, uh, spell, he's not going to spell anybody, okay? You give a guy $14 million a year, he's going to start. Now, where is he going to start at? Is he going to be like a, a Red Bryant type? Well, you don't pay a Red Bryant type $14 million a year. Yeah. If he's just going to be a two-down run stopper, uh, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense either. So, I, I don't know. But, you know, and now we might never find out if he ends up actually signing with the Broncos. So, and they just, <laughs> evidently, the Broncos just signed. Ronald Leary, and I thought he played excellent last year uh, for the Cowboys yeah. and two years ago before they got Collins. So, um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's that was a curious – I mean, the one – the other Jacksonville one, <clears throat> excuse me, was uh, they signed Barry Church, which I guess is just sort of a one-to-one replacement for Jonathan Seifert. I mean, I, the Jaguars fans 
have assured me that church is better, but I don't know. That could also be sort of, you know, spring enthusiasm too. But Cyprin was a free agent and was, you know, they didn't re-sign him. So it's just sort of a in with the old, out with the old, in with the new kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So we'll see. We will see. I mean, because Jacksonville is pretty much, except for the head coach, pretty much the same team there essentially i mean they're not there wasn't just a ton of turnover in the coaching staff down there i don't know that uh we were so excited about the jags going into the season this time last year it's once bitten twice shy you know what i mean right uh obviously you got to be a little bit more cautious now especially since they promoted from within instead of looking outside for a new head coach um, so we'll see how that works out for them. They're, they're kind of, you know, putting all their eggs still in the uh, Blake Bortles basket. Uh, I did think he played better at the end of the season. I think got rid of Gus Bradley, which really didn't make a lot of sense since Gus Bradley is more of a defensive guy. Yeah. Not really sure what effect he had on the offense, except for maybe the fact that he hired the offense coordinator in the first place. Uh, so, uh, you know, he did look a little bit better at the end of the season. Took, you know, the one thing about Blake Bortles was just the, the unforced errors. Yeah, you know he could play a bad game, but just stop turning the football over. Yeah, and a couple years ago when they were you mm-hmm. know coming up just short at the end of games, and he was throwing for all those yards, the one knock I kept saying about him was he just you know at the end of games would just throw it up there for no yeah. reason. Even you know they have plenty of time to to move down the field methodically, but he'd just make an ill-advised throw, and that was put more uh, in the spotlight this year because the games weren't particularly close anymore. Yeah. So now it really, you know, exacerbated things when he would make those mistakes at, at the worst times. So uh, it, I think he still has a lot of potential. He's got the size you're looking for. At times he can really, you know, make some good plays. He's way more athletic than people give him credit for. Um, but it remains to be seen, especially when, again, we'll see how things go promoting from within a head coach. And with, you know, bringing Coughlin on board. Yeah. But basically, to me, it seems like they're basically going in the same direction as they were before since they didn't <laughs> go outside for a new head coach. Yeah, and I guess that's the thing with the Campbell signing. To me, you know, beyond obviously the scheme fit and things, but like it just didn't seem like, you know, for, for to spend $14 million a year, it seems like there were other places they could have used that money. You know, I know they acquired Brandon Albert in a trade with the Dolphins, what, late last month before the combine. So, you know, they kind of, they got one, you know, fix on the offensive line, but they could still, like, you know, I would see them being better suited to maybe kind of, you know, take $14 million a year and direct it more toward maybe something like, I don't know, you know, like uh, other offensive line positions or, you know, something to maybe help the offense a little bit since that seemed to be such a problem. That was my same exact thought, you know. And, and you look, hey, man, Ronald Leary just signed with the Broncos. Y'all yeah. Y'all get in on him. At least, did, at least did you at least make him tell you no? Yeah. Uh, I, you know, we'll see. I, I'm not real big on this uh, Matt Khalil signing in, in, in Carolina. No. But, hey, did you make him tell you no? You know, if you, you got to look at the places where you really seem to have some issues. I think they did address the safety uh, position, which is something that you know they've kind of needed mm-hmm. to address, and they have tried. They had Jonathan Cyprian. They, they drafted him. 
he's been injured off and on uh, for most of his young career. And then they, they got, I think it was Gibson from the Browns yeah. last year, but he didn't seem to really, I don't know, work out too well that first season. Maybe they can get more out of him now, but you know, it just seems like out of all the places on your team to address, you know, <laughs> you go with Calais Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's just a little bit of a head scratcher. Again, okay, you're going to do it, but then $14 million a year. I'm looking at uh, Chandler Jones' numbers today and, and, and you know, lacking for uh, terms of the monster deal. I don't know this debt. You know, amazing mm-hmm. uh, when you consider that uh, Vaughn is making like 19 a year. But, you know, here's Chandler Jones making 16 million a year, and Calais Campbell is making 2 million less than him mm-hmm. a year. I don't know about that. So, again, I could be wrong. It could totally work out fine, or he could end up not going to Jacksonville and we'll never find out. But yeah. Yes, you know, this start, you know, I saw some. Some comments by their owner, Khan. And I like Khan for the most part. Mm-hmm. But I just didn't, you know, he said he was very disappointed about the results the last few years. To me, you know, your actions don't show that. You're supposed to clean house. If yeah. you're that dissatisfied, you clean house and start over. Yeah. And they didn't do that. And so we'll see. We'll see, uh, uh, you know, how much of a leash uh, the, the new coaching staff has or what have you. We'll see how much control is given to Tom Coughlin. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm not really – until they, they're going to have to convince me, especially after these last few years, they're going to have to convince me that they aren't the same old Jags on the field because on yeah. paper means nothing to me anymore. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, hell, they look, they look pretty damn good on paper last year, so. <laughs> they really did. They really did. And I was very high on them, and I was very wrong. <laughs> well, we all were. I mean, shit. I mean, I picked him to win the AFC South. Crazy. But, you know, in fairness. I think I did, too. Anybody can win the AFC South. I think I did, too. (laughs) Especially when I heard J.J. Watt was out. I'm like, shit, they're going to light the scoreboard up. The defense is going to be better with Malik Jackson. Playing all over the defensive line. Yeah. I could have been more wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, y'all not going to move him at all? Really? What's the fucking point? I don't know. That's uh, just me. Yeah, you know, that's, that might just be the therapy talking. Who knows? Yeah, it'll be a... We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, I mean, you know, just to go out and do the same thing like that. I don't know. You know, the other... I think the other big... So far today... Well, there's been a few... Well, there's been quite a few big signings, I guess, today. So maybe that's not the best way to say this. But, like, the other one I think that was really sort of the headline grabber this morning was... It sounds like... And again, we're not... It's it's that, what, quote-unquote tampering period. So, like, all of these deals are agreed to in principle kind of thing. So they could still, you know, don't get your jerseys printed up just yet. But... Deshaun Jackson to the Bucks. Yes. It seems to yep. me like that, and you know, I mean, obviously with Atlanta. That's a big fucking deal. Yeah. That is a big fucking deal. Let me tell you something. Now, here's the thing why it's a big deal. Because it's either going to expose the fact that uh, Jameis Winston still struggles to throw the deep ball. Or James Winston's going to get a little bit better at throwing a deep ball, and they're going to light the fucking scoreboard up. 
Yeah. With him on one side and Mike Evans on the other? Uh, shit. Oh, yeah. I mean, you got to, like, with Atlanta and, I mean, if Carolina, and we'll talk about Carolina more in a second, but if Carolina can get back to kind of its potential with Cam Newton at quarterback, you know, you've got to be able to score 30 points a game as a starting point to compete in that division right now. Yep, and look, they did well with uh, Vincent Jackson missing, I believe, most of the season. Mm-hmm. That's it, did. And, you know, Mike uh, Mike Evans, I'm sorry, yeah, Evans had a fantastic year, too. He kind of bounced back from what a lot of people thought was a, a, a disappointing second season after, you know, setting things on fire his, his rookie season. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you know, he's a monster right now. He's, he's basically just getting better and better and better. Mm-hmm. Big guy, long arm, strong. Uh, <laughs> man, they'll just give a film uh, pancaking uh, Terrence Newman that's just hilarious. Because, <laughs> like, Terrence Newman was trying to, you know, kind of bark at him at the end of a play and jumped up, and Mike Evans just put him on his biz act. <laughs> it's nasty. And, and then you're going to add a speed element like Deshaun Watson when basically, you know, the high percentage of, of the passing plays with the bust the last few years with Winston have been play action passes. And those are usually plays where he's going to see single coverage, especially with Mike Evans. Mike Evans on the other side is probably going to draw the double team. Or if he doesn't, you know, they keep the same over the, over the top of, of, of uh, Deshaun Jackson. Now here comes Evans hitting you up with, with the post route. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, this is probably going to – they still need to find a running back. You know, they don't know what's going to happen uh, with Doug Martin. Um, you know, he was – had a drug suspension last year, went to rehab, I think. So they're still looking for, you know, probably uh, a running back or two. They re-signed Jaquiz Rogers, I think. Um, and they got a – but they have a really good tight end. Uh, the same kid I thought wasn't that good last year when I uh, was picking uh, breakout players and I chose <laughs> a, a guy who actually got cut because he had a DUI and he was on TMZ and all that good stuff. Yeah, you know, that, that, that prediction didn't really go so well. <laughs> but um, the tight end they do have, I can't remember his name right now, uh, but he was like an undrafted guy the year before. Mm-hmm. And then last year, man, he, I think he might have led the league at tight end and, and, and receiving touchdowns. Mm-hmm. If, he, if, he, if he didn't finish the season that way, he led most of the season uh, touchdowns at the tight end position. Mm-hmm. So you, you put all that together, man, they still, you know, are trying to figure out if the left tackle they drafted two years ago is the the guy. Uh, but other than that, man, that offense is primed to really break out this year. You know, if they really seal that deal and they signed Deshaun Jackson, the rest of the NFC South had better watch out because this will be, I'm not going to say, I'm going to say it this way. This will probably be the best collection of talent they will have had just, you know, uh, the mid 90s, early 2000s. <laughs> yeah. I guess now, I, I guess uh, when I saw the, the Jackson news, I was kind of wondering what. Doug Martin's got a suspension for four games, and I guess that voids his contract. But I guess so they probably need to think about a running back, I'm assuming, in there, too. Right. That's what they. Uh, 
need to work on. Like I said, they, they re-signed Jaquiz Rogers, mm-hmm. uh, but I think he's just kind of a band-aid right now. Yeah, um, they, they did. They did have the other kid uh, they drafted a couple years ago too. Charles he's Sims. more Charles Sims, but he's more of a third down back. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not sure if they're going to just you know ride with him and Jaquiz. To me, I think they're probably going to try to upgrade that position. Um, maybe in the draft, maybe in free agency. Mm-hmm. But if you get a quality running back in there, mm-hmm. and um, I'm looking it up now, the, the tight end is Cameron Bright. Yeah. Uh, you got Cameron Bright, you got Mike Evans, you got Deshaun Jackson, and then to be named later running back. That is a pretty good collection of talent, I'm just telling <laughs> yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it really is. And then you go to the flip side of the ball. It's like that defense is, uh, you know, I think people just assume, you know, you, you have seen the Bucks struggle for so many years in a row now that it's easy to over that. That's a a much better defense, I think, than it gets credit for. They're probably two safeties away from being outstanding. Yeah. yeah they still have Gerald McCoy, who is a beast. Mm-hmm. They uh, drafted Noah Spence, who's going to be awesome. They still have uh, uh, Levante David, Quan Alexander is outstanding mm-hmm. in the middle. Vernon Hargreaves, who they drafted last year, is going to be a player at corner. Mm-hmm. Brent Grimes is still a playmaker. They just, you know, <laughs> they got Brad McDougal and Chris Conte in safety. Yeah. So, and look, you know, I'm not going to bash them. A lot, a lot of books fans still to bash them. I'm not going to bash them. I'm just saying it's obvious that you can upgrade that position and that will make yeah. that defense so much scarier. Well, and I think both those safeties are free agents, too. I think so. I think so. So um, it's time. Though. I've been calling for them to get, you know, upgraded safety for quite a while. Now. Yeah. I mean, it seems like, I mean, I know we haven't been able to get into the draft a whole lot because free agency came literally the day after the combine ended. But um, it, it seems like this is a good draft for, you know, uh, obviously running backs and then safeties too, which that hasn't been the case for a while in the draft. Right. Normally you have like one or two safeties in the draft who are really highly rated. Um, you had like the Carl Joseph kid, I think last year, mm-hmm. but you don't usually have a quality depth, you know, guys that are also going the first and second round. Yeah. You know, later in the first and the second round. I think this is one of those years where you have that. And then of course the defensive line is just, is really stacked this year, especially the. I just I've only watched two guys so far, and I've been very impressed. I hear that there's a bunch of other guys as well. So, uh, if you need a safety or a defensive lineman, this is probably your year uh, in the <laughs> yeah. draft. Yeah, it's a it, it's it's a, and we'll see what happens too with free agency. I mean, it's just it's you know technically we got three hours until free agency officially starts <laughs> plenty of time to get some more move to make some more moves. But that was a, that was smart on their part. I think to go out and lock down Deshaun Jackson right away. Cause I'm sure he would have had lots of, uh, I'm sure he did have lots of bidders, you know, trying to, trying to put some contract money in front of him. Right. And, and of course, that side and probably signals the end of Vincent Jackson in Tampa and he's been a great, a consummate pro here. It's been a real good mentor yeah. to the young guys, it seems like, especially uh, Mike Evans. Uh, especially, you know, out in San Diego, he's a real good player, but he had some, a couple, I think, DUIs or something out there. And he really has turned that whole thing around. He's one of those guys who, um, 
actually did learn from his mistakes and he's been tremendous in the community here as far as like especially with uh, military families and stuff like that mm-hmm. he does a lot of things with them so uh hats off to him for uh you know they didn't necessarily win a lot of games while he was here but he really uh was a consummate pro never really complained always showed up to work every day and worked hard so yeah but that, that'll be another wide receiver you know on the uh who's available to a team that might need him. He's been hurt the last few years, but he still has plenty of speed for that size. And he can still go up and make plays on the ball when he's healthy. Yeah, exactly. It's a good year. I mean, it's it's rare that there – I mean, this has been a, a bumper crop of free agent wide receivers this year. And we still haven't seen, you know, Torrey Smith signed with the Eagles. And I think that was sort of a low-key, under-the-radar deal that could end up paying off for, for them pretty pretty nicely as sort of a, a complimentary – speed guy in that offense but you know Alshon Jeffrey hasn't signed yet obviously there's the Brandon Cook trade talks going on sounds like Tennessee or New England could be the teams uh are the teams in the running uh, to get Cooks out of New Orleans and the uh, yeah I mean you usually don't have that many you know good wide receivers available in free agency Right. Like, you know, the saying usually is if a guy makes it to free agency, he must not be that good. But this is just one of those weird years where it, it happens. You know, you, mm-hmm. teams have to make decisions and, 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 and decide who's a priority. And so some guys end up on the open market uh, when, they, when they still have a lot of value. So uh, the, the Cooks thing, man, just imagine if they'd actually agreed to that trade with, with the Patriots. How unfair would it be to have to chase around Brandon Cooks and Edelman at the same time? Oh, yeah. And not to mention, you know, you still got Chris Hogan, <laughs> Gronk. I mean, Jesus, man. That's just brutal. And maybe Bennett, if he comes back, you know, you just never know. Yeah, yeah. It's It's been an interesting offseason so far for the Patriots. They, uh, you know, besides the Cooks, they, what, they, trade, they traded for uh, – Damn it! I well, the Colts re-signed Jack Doyle, the tight end, and then they traded Dwayne Allen to the Patriots for a fourth-round pick. Now, I mean, obviously Dwayne Allen is not, you know, a, the next Rob Gronk going to replace Rob Gronkowski or anything. But that's a nice little number two tight end, especially if they end up losing Bennett, which it sounds like they might. But I hadn't even seen that news. That is, look, Dwayne Allen. His problem has been staying healthy. Yeah. That's his only problem. When he's on the field, man, he's hard to deal with. Yeah. And so if he can get up in, in New England and actually stay healthy, people are going to call him a steal again. Yeah. So, uh, but of course, that does open up an opportunity for Doyle uh, in uh, Indianapolis. So I, I, I thought he would do well last year, and he really did. Like I said, he's a, kind of a jack of all trades, and actually is pretty good at all of them. So uh, don't be surprised if he's, you know, one of those guys that made his push for a Pro Bowl spot this year mm-hmm. in Indianapolis. Yeah. Um, and then the other big Patriots move this morning was it sounds like it's, again, agreed to in principle. So I got to put quote marks around all these all these things. But uh, probably going to land Stephon Gilmore, cornerback. Yeah, and I was I was I was thinking about this earlier today. It seems like uh, of all the the positions where we say that they kind of lowball guys, 
quarterback seems to be the one position where they don't mind paying a little bit of money. Usually yeah. it's not for like a long-term deal, but they'll get a two- or three-year rental and, and go ahead and throw you a, a good bit of money. I, I, I would say because uh, Belichick likes having the freedom of being able to play a lot of man-to-man whenever he wants to, and so that means you got to pay for that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like a good man-to-man defenders, you can be lucky enough to draft one like Butler and, and, and keep him for pretty cheap like they're doing right now. Uh, but no, normally you're going to have to go out and pay for one of those guys. And, you know, they, they pay uh, Akeem Tlaib a little bit of money. They pay uh, Revis a little bit of money that year after he uh, uh, the, the Bucks released him. So, you know, this one seems like another one of those deals where uh, this is going to allow Bill Belichick to really be creative on defense. And so whatever money they end up paying him will be well worth it. Yeah, for sure. It's a, uh, and I, we'll see what ha- I don't know what happens with the Butler thing, but if they end up keeping Butler, I mean that's a nice one-two quarterback combo right there. Rich just getting richer all the time. <laughs> all right, so here's here's a free agent story that I, I just it's for the life of me I can't figure it out and. It's the Browns, so I guess I shouldn't just be overly surprised. But the Browns have over $100 million in cap money to spend. So it's not like – I mean, you know, obviously they're going to be want to be smart. Everybody wants to be smart with how they spend their money, so they say. But they don't seem to want to pay Terrell Pryor. And instead today they signed – and it sounds like they probably won't because today they went out and signed Kenny Britt from the Rams for a four-year – $32.5 million deal. So that doesn't necessarily preclude them from signing Terrell Pryor, but it probably signals that he's out. And I just, for the life of me, it doesn't make sense. And and Pryor wants to stay in Cleveland. You know, they invested a lot in this guy, and they, you know, they got him going. And, and he was a 1,000-yard receiver last year with a rotating cast of characters at quarterback. And I... It just, and maybe they don't want to pay the kind of money he wants. I mean, there's always that, but it seems like with a hundred million in cap space and the cap going up the way it is every year, you could afford that. Yeah, I mean, it's a new financial reality. Yeah. Okay, so you kind of have to bag up. Like we talked about this last year a little bit. You hear a big number. And you reflexively say, oh, that's too much. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can't pay that guy that much. And, and really, I'm doing that a little bit with the whole Calais Campbell situation. Because I'm just not used to seeing that. Mm-hmm. But then I have something to go off, too. Because, like I said, with Chandler Jones, he's only making $2 million more mm-hmm. than uh, uh, Calais Campbell, potentially, in, in, in uh, Jacksonville. And let's not forget, Florida ain't got no state tax. So, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, so that part of it is a little weird, but then, you know, some of these other, like $10 million deals used to be kind of the litmus test. Oh man, you get 10 million a year. Woo. Mm-hmm. 10 million ain't shit no more. Like that's crazy. That's the new reality of the, of the NFL is like, that's pretty much the growing rate. Should I think the Bucks were offering Mike Glennon to be their backup and like close to $10 million? Yeah. Which is absurd. So when you put it in that context, I mean, he's not, what would you say the numbers are, four-year, 32 million? 
That's still not ten million dollars a year. No. So uh, and quietly, look, the the Rams are full of dysfunction. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but I saw Kenny Britt really come on compared to what I saw early on in his career. You know, he's a screw up in Tennessee anyway. He kept mm-hmm. getting in trouble. Couldn't stay out of trouble. So first of all, they'll let him go somewhere else and rehab his image and he hasn't gotten in any trouble. So that's a huge deal. Second of all, you know, even with as much, you know, just let's just call it fuckery <laughs> with the Rams, the guy still produced pretty good. Yeah. You know, would he have some drops? Of course. The same with Brandon Marshall. He's going to have some drops too. Those big receivers tend to. Uh, but he can make some plays now. He's still, he's still big. He can still jump. He's still got decent hands. And that does not come, uh, uh, you know, that doesn't just grow on trees. So I don't feel like, you know, normally in the, five years ago, man, this would be amazing money for him. But you look at what other guys are making right now, and it's just like, eh, it's not the going rate. Yeah. Yeah, and, and like by all accounts, I've heard that there were people on the Rams that felt Britt was distracted last year because they was doing that reality show. So, I mean, to, if you're producing a thousand yard season when you're distracted, that's, you know, hey. <laughs> if you could drive with, and chew with, gum. With, with, with that offense, with them quarterbacks, uh, yeah. <laughs> I'd hate to see what you were doing. You were focused. <laughs> <laughs> And a a, a therapeutic use exemption. (laughs) Well, I guess we'll see now what, uh, how, uh, it'll be harder to get distracted to go when you're going from Los Angeles to Cleveland anyway. So maybe that's, uh, yeah, I was going to go ahead and say the distraction in Cleveland ain't going to be quite the same. Maybe that's the money I'm going to go way out on a limb and and, and make that prediction. Well, since we mentioned it, Mike Glennon to the Bears. I mean, I know people are kind of up in arms about it, but like, it's really not. I mean, like, it does seem like a lot of money, but at the same time, again, it's that new economic reality that is, you know, the ever increasing NFL salary cap, teams with lots yeah, of money man. to spend. And it is, man. You know, Mike Glennon getting that much money is disconcerting for me. <laughs> As a guy who actually watched him play down here a lot. Yeah. Look, let's be honest. The people that are listening to this podcast that are not Bucks fans have probably not seen much of Mike Glenn at all. At all. His whole career, unless their team played against Mike Glennon. And then you might have seen the good Mike Glennon or you might have seen the bad Mike Glennon. <laughs> I think the, the Lions saw the good Mike Glennon, like his rookie year, lit their ass up. I think he beat him with like a long... Uh, 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 post route. Yeah. But then, like, the Ravens saw the bad Mike Glennon when he got sacked some, like, 12 times. And that's really the key right there. He's a slow-footed guy, not very athletic. He's worked on his pocket presence. He came on a little bit that way uh, his second year. Yeah. But basically, the book on him is you see him pressure, and that's, hey, pressure buzz pipes. Yeah. So that's that's been the book on him. And, uh, you know, the, the, the hard part to judge is that the Bucks offensive line was so terrible, you kind of wonder what he could have done with a competent offensive line. But I'm not so sure that what they have with the Bears right now is much better than what the Bucks had a couple years ago. Well, no, so, the Bears' tackles are awful. 
Yeah, well, on the upside is, you know, one of their guards ain't too great either. <laughs> what I understand. But, but, but look, you know, we'll see. Uh, you know, uh, and I'm saying that the guard thing, uh, look, who knows what, uh, uh, what's the guy I was going to play? What's, what's the kid, the Pro Bowl kid? Kyle uh, Long? Kyle Long. Like, who knows what he's going to play because they keep moving him around. Yeah. I think he said that he wants to play guard. Yeah. I'm not talking about him, obviously. He's pretty good wherever you put them, but just the other guys, I mean, we'll see how it works out, man. And look, my whole thing is, you know, I said this the other day, if he's making that much money, then uh, Tyrod Taylor should at least make that much money. Colin Kaepernick should at least make that much money. You're talking about a dude that hadn't thrown a pass in a couple yeah. years old. Though. And so, and the last time he threw a pass, he was getting benched. Yeah. Okay, that performance got him benched. For Josh McCown. As a matter of fact. So, and that was after he had took Josh McCown's job. So, yeah, they turned back from you to Josh McCown, who had already stunk up the joint. So, look, bear fans, good luck. I Look, I, I give all pops to Mike Glennon, get your money. Get your money. <laughs> get paid, homeboy. But I, look, as far as on the field, yeah, I'm not really sure how that's going to work out for you. <laughs> now, I mean, Mike Glenn in, in the shootout with Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> I noticed in the release they made damn sure to, when they when they got that information out there to say that they still plan to draft a quarterback. <laughs> hey, should you got to? That's the funny thing about it. Like this dude might be making that much money as a backup by the middle of this season. <laughs> and, and, and you just think after seeing what happened with Brock Osweiler last year. Teams will be a lot more hesitant to pull this kind of bullshit. Yeah. But, you know, look, again, if they don't pay you, man, take that check. Oh, yeah. You'll be Hell a fool yeah. not to take that money. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. So, you know, more, more power to him. I'm just, look, man, <laughs> you get what you pay for. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes you overpay and you still <laughs> don't get what you pay for. So you better draft somebody. And I'm talking about how. Just in case. <laughs> I'm just saying, man, look. Aaron Rodgers said himself, they was like, hey, the amount of money that, that, that Glenn is getting, does that mean your contract has to be <laughs> yeah. addressed? He's like, of course. I think it has to. I want to be like, are you fucking kidding me? Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> Oh man! And then he tried that. It's funny because then Rogers kind of walked it back a little bit, like a, quoted a PFT tweet with the fake news thing. But like, you listen to what he said. No, you made it pretty clear. I mean, there there wasn't a lot of nuance in your words. Yeah, it's like Boyer is going to uh, Jacksonville. So I was just going to say, money. man. So you know, you got Boyer. And Jalen Ramsey as your two starting corners down there. Man, if they if Jacksonville goes out there and sucks again this year, holy oh, shit, man. shit. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> you can't suck with this, you know. Again, Calais Campbell, very good player. Okay. I don't think he fits that great in Jacksonville for that amount of money. But he's a very good player. They have talent, especially on defense and on offense, too. We really thought it was going to be more of an offensive-led team last year. Yeah. With Bortles coming into his third season and looked like he was kind of trying to turn the corner his second season, just those 
you know, late, late turnovers were kind of doing them in. And then it just all collapsed. So, yeah, you can't, you cannot, like, uh, they're going to get him up out of there. They should get him up. They should get, uh, I can't remember who the net, new head coach's name is. I know he's coaching Buffalo and Syracuse. Marone? Yeah, Doug if they, if they, If they can't win the division this year, shit, he ought to be going out the year. Like, this is good. Again, this is going to be, I thought last year going into the season, that was going to be one of the best collections of talent they yeah. ever had in Jacksonville, including when they were really rolling back in the day with Mark Brunette. Yeah. But so and and now they're even adding even more talent. So yeah. Okay, Gus Bradley had to go if he couldn't produce with them. But they're gonna be even better this year, allegedly. <laughs> so you know, to me, look man, you, you, you I don't know why they had Lerone in the first place, you know, God bless. But if he can't do something with this amount, Boye and, and and listen, that young kid, man, I'm telling you, he's a beast. I didn't like him running his mouth so much. Seemed like he always had excuses for everybody but himself. Ramsey. No, well, well, for himself and not everybody else. He's always, yeah, Ramsey, he's always, well, I didn't get beat. You know, <laughs> yeah. I didn't like that kind of <laughs> shit. Let me tell you not something. my fault. That boy is, that young, that young kid is a beast now. And you put Boye with him? Man, listen. (laughs) In a a division where they, right now, are going to be playing Brock Osweiler twice a year. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) And my God, that's the one thing that saved Houston's ass last year, was that they just ran wild over the rest of that division. I mean, damn near swept all their AFC South games. I think, except for maybe one. So, <laughs> oh man, if Brock Osweiler comes out there to start for the Texans when the Jags play them next time, and they can't beat him with this fucking lineup, man, no hope. We will see. <laughs> <laughs> oh man I was glad to see I thought it was smart I mean it sucks for Tyrod Taylor that it had to be done because of a restructured contract but I think it was a smart move for the Bills not to just cut him outright I mean that you know what are you gonna what are you gonna go sign Mike Glennon I mean come on the same rationale people have for uh, why you franchise Kirk Cousins to me is the same rationale why you wouldn't let Tyrod Taylor go. I mean, basically, yeah, maybe they are at the top in the top five, but who else out there is better? And you know, you don't have a chance without a quarterback. You, you let's go back and look at Brock Osweiler. Let's go back and look at that defensive performance against Tom Brady in the playoffs. Okay, if he got any kind of competence at quarterback, he got a chance. Yeah, but no. And so, look, Tyrod Taylor. Gives you a chance. Love him or hate him, Kirk Cousins gives you a chance. And so you don't let those guys walk out the building, especially when you see Mike Glennon making 14, almost $15 million a year. You just don't do it. I mean, it's a going rate now. You see that that's basically the going rate. Pay him the going rate. And, it, and then you draft you a quarterback, too, just like they're going to do in Chicago, and you let them figure out who's the best. Especially yeah. since, you know, first-round quarterbacks are way cheaper than they used to be. Mm-hmm. 
I, it's yeah. Well, now they're gonna have to sign some receiving help, though. They let Robert Woods is gone. I mean, not that he was the greatest receiver, but they got Walk. Sammy Watkins is great, but he's not you know reliable for 16 games a season either. And then they spent. <laughs> I guess they didn't spend a lot of money, but they did add two fullbacks yesterday at Buffalo. <laughs> so they got the power game. They got the power running game covered at least. And what? Oh, it was a good day for fullbacks yesterday because the Niners signed a big full. Well, the Niners spent some money on a fullback. Yeah. A lot of money on a fullback. Yeah. I. <laughs> Their fullback is now something like the top in the top ten paid running backs in the ninth league. highest. Ninth highest. If you're John Lynch and you're coming from the booth <laughs> to you know front office, maybe don't make that your first signing ever. <laughs> maybe don't make the fullback the way by far highest paid fullback. <laughs> If there's ever been as your first signing as GM. <laughs> and I'm saying this with love because, hey, man, we uh, we went to war together. Me, me, me and John Lynch did yeah. back in the day. Yeah. But, yeah, let's, let's – you don't want that to be what they write on your tombstone. <laughs> Here lies John Lynch who lived to a ripe old age but also made – uh, this kid, the highest paid fullback by far. That's a lot to write on the tombstone anyway. <laughs> and didn't last very long after that. Like, no, you don't want that, you don't want that on your wiki page. You don't want that on your Wikipedia. <laughs> so it was a great was a Hall of Fame safety, had a great career in the booth, but then in his first year's GM signed a Fall back to the ninth richest contract in the league. You don't want that on your Wikipedia page, bro. I'm just saying. Maybe it was. Maybe he was just doubling down on the grit factor. He's like, you know, this like, team who needs more in the grit. hell were who in the hell were they bidding against themselves? <laughs> you got to be shitting me. Like, did he not consult with the Golden Rate Bull for fullbacks? Demarco from Atlanta. I, you know, I said before the game when I was talking about you know who I thought would win. I was very impressed with Pat Demarco. He got a fraction of that. Oh yeah, to go somewhere else. What yeah. makes the kid from from <laughs> from the Ravens so good? This is normally something that used to happen back in the day after a team won the Super Bowl, and then another team won to overpay just because they played in the Super Bowl or there was a Super Bowl MVP or something. This ain't just a random fullback signing, or at least it never has been here now. Like everybody is laughing at this signing. <laughs> And I'm trying to understand. <laughs> Shit, most teams don't even use a fullback. <laughs> Better yet, Kyle Shanahan, you just coached DeMarco. Why not give him all that bread? Uh, all that money, money, all that money, maybe he will maybe he'll actually run the damn ball this time. Yeah, probably not. <laughs> oh man. It's the yeah, it's just like it's the revenge of the fullback. Like I say, you know, like I say, I mean, good for the guy. I mean, I can't pronounce his name, but Jazik. Right, a whole lot of customers, not yeah. a whole lot of vowels. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, and wait, this is the best part. This he went to Harvard. He's a Harvard. He's a Harvard man too. 
There you go. This is like this is like if PFT Commoner were writing a script for free agency, like that is like I think he would have like that would be a move for PFT Commoner, and also Danny Woodhead to the Ravens. Yeah, grit for grit. <laughs> a whole lot of grit. Lots of grit. Some grit. <laughs> whole lot of grit being passed around today. Or the last 24 hours at any rate. It's uh, it's just so much grit. Grit, grit, grit. And we, so still, we still haven't even gotten to the marquee attraction in free agency this year. Tone, everyone's, everyone's doing the Tony Romo dance. Nobody's quite Tony sure. Tony Romo dance. When the to Tony get Romo dance. Hey, but listen. Uh, on another note. How about this Brandon Marshall signing in New York? I can see that going... Really good or spectacular, <laughs> spectacularly disastrous. Yes, <laughs> yes. Really good. you know, but I, I think he could have a calming effect on OBJ, or they could actually kind of feed off each other and end up even worse. Oh yeah, it's so uh, be, you know, this is it, now in very old paper, man. This is pretty good now. Yeah. It allows you to free up OBJ to do a lot of other stuff mm-hmm. because you know Brandon Marshall is going to drop a few passes, but that dude is still a beast now. One on one, you know, he going to take it to you. I don't care who y'all. So uh, yeah, that's that's very and and on the other hand, who in the hell is a Jets quarterback one, whoever that ends up being, going to throw to this year? For them, mm-hmm. like I, I Decker, I guess the whole passing <laughs> offense. Uh, and we saw what Decker's like when there's no Brandon Marshall, nobody take the heat off. So yeah, guess who's probably looking for a, a, a receiver in free agency or high in the draft? Probably the Jets. God, the Jets. The Jets are just gonna have to look for everything. I mean, that is just yeah, pretty much. The cupboard is, yeah. except for defensive line. Except for D-line. Except for D-line. Maybe I'll pull a Jacksonville and steal a sign for that D-line. It's already <laughs> ridiculous. Yeah, that's, maybe the only place they don't have to look anywhere is the defensive line. They're stacked there. No, they can actually still trade Sheldon Richardson, and that's I think uh, that'll be interesting to see if they do that because they could use those extra picks. But, yeah, the Marshall thing. And here, like, okay, here is, like, already, I mean, literally, I this link just came up. Brandon, this is the New York Daily News. Brandon Marshall says, Odell Beckham Jr., Sterling Shepard, don't go on that Miami party boat if I'm with the Giants. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, shit, it's starting. <laughs> I done told them people, man, it's different up there. They talk about uh, Jay Cutler might go to the Jets. I said, man, Jay Cutler against the New York media? Oh, God. Woo! Break out the popcorn. Oh, my God. <laughs> and now, I'll say this. Go ahead. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, it's like, you know, like out of all the things that plagued the Giants last year, it was the offense. And it just, time and time again. And here we are. It could be really, it should be great. could be a disaster. Yeah, 
Yeah. Now, I just wanted to point out, we, we, we dog the Browns a little bit sometimes, and rightfully so, usually. Um, but I will say, I'm going to give them props. They, they re-signed uh, Joel Batonio. So they took care of their own, which is something they didn't do last year when they yeah. started to purge. And he's a very good player. He's their left guard, I believe. So yeah. uh, at least they got him under contract, and he's probably going to be a centerpiece for their uh, for their club, no matter who ends up being the head coach three or four years from now. Yeah, and two, they signed a uh, J.C. Treader, the center from the pa- from the Packers, to play center for him. So that's you know that's a good couple moves today to bolster their interior offensive line. Obviously, they could have kept Alex Mack, and it would have been fine. But anyway, here we are, and they, they've made a couple smart moves to bolster their O-line this year. Yep. So, you know, maybe the Browns will be all right after all. Who knows? Who the hell knows? I, I, I We'll see. But, yeah, it sounds like A.J. Boy is still – trying to decide it's not the Jaguars haven't nailed it down yet it could still there it sounds like Titans and Bears are still in the mix too so we'll we'll see on that that's the thing with these early ones yeah you never know but man it'll be a it'll it'll be a it'll, it'll be a wild few days here and I think those are the big ones so far and like I say, we still have the big ones yet to come, like Alshon and and uh, Alshon, and obviously Romo, and we'll see what happens with Cap and oh, Cutler's available now. Again, no surprise, but the Bears are releasing him. So, hey man, I, look, I pitch in to make sure he goes to the Jets. Though, like. <laughs> I'd hate it for, you know, the head coach, but, man, just for the comedy. Do you oh. know how they light him up? And look, I've defended him. I've defended color over the years, and I still feel like I really uh, 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 like his toughness. You know, every time I'm looking to do and I'm about to criticize him, I think about that story I read about him having to, like, check his insulin all throughout the game because he's a diabetic. Yeah. And basically, you know, most people – yeah, they ain't doing much of nothing with the kind of diabetes he has. Here's he he is a professional quarterback mm-hmm. having to check his blood and stuff at halftime, and you know his sugar might be low, all that good stuff. While you're playing a game, trying to win a game, three hundred pound dudes trying to hit you. Mm-hmm. And you, but you know, jokes are jokes, though. Well, <laughs> jokes yeah, jokes. exactly. And they are gonna get them jokes off. He, look, his demeanor is just not gonna fly up there. <laughs> the crazy faces he be making, it's not gonna fly. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just for us, for us in our industry, anybody write about football, him being with the Jets would just be magnificent. It's at least just, for one year, you can't, you can't, you can't ignore it because, like, you think about it too. It's like then you throw in his wife who throws her. Who gets into the mix sometimes too, and then you get all that <laughs> vaccination stuff. <laughs> Listen, it, it would be a spectacular, <laughs> spectacular uh, uh, occasion for him if he goes to the Jets. And I you always, see, I'm just, I'm gonna follow every Jets uh, beat beat right. I can. I to follow some real good ones. Oh man, uh, I can't even imagine the timeline and the cover of oh, New man. York Daily News and. Minish Methus timeline. Holy shit. 
Man, he throw one of those uh, game ending pick sixes. Woo! <laughs> I always felt bad too because he got that. Like part of his reputation was because the Bears kind of fucked him over and didn't reveal that he was actually injured and why he couldn't play. I mean, it was been a few years ago now, and like it never came right, out the playoff after thing. the fact. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, but like hey, I said, I mean, the guy's tough. If he wasn't playing, that, you know, I, I defended him from there too. I remember some guys, you know, call him software. It wouldn't be me. And yeah. I'm like, man, the dude came walk. What y'all want him to do out there? Like, <laughs> I mean, that's one thing. You can say what you want to about uh, uh, Jay Cutler and plenty of people have. The one thing you ain't going to call him is soft now. He ain't soft at all. No, he's really not. He'll throw it up, he'll throw it up in a heartbeat. Like, he'll give a game away for, uh, you know, he... he, he <laughs> <laughs> he'll, he'll, he'll throw you out of a game in a heartbeat but you know if it's fourth and one and it's a linebacker sitting right there he's going to lower his head and try to get him out he's a, he's a gunslinger it's the gunslinger mentality whew man what a day what a day y'all to be good to sing next week all the all, even more shit to, 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 to distill for the folks out there it'll be a treat And more draft talk. We can get in. We can get start getting into some draft talk. And the off season's here. It's it's in full swing, man. Yep, it is in full swing. Uh, these uh, rookie, uh, uh, I'm sorry, draft pick, potential draft picks. I'm getting real deep into them now. Mm-hmm. Starting on my first offensive lineman. I can't pronounce his name, but he plays with Wisconsin, the <laughs> left tackle. And so, you know, it's just kind of moving along. You know, you, you, you get so into the regular season, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't wait for the offseason. Then you get to the offseason, you get maybe a few minutes to catch your breath, and then it's right back to it. So, Oh, yeah. Roll it's along. A- just roll along. Yeah, I mean, for the draft. <laughs> you, nobody's nobody's, t- nobody's going to breathe any air. Nobody's going to breathe until mid-May we get through all the draft stuff here. <laughs> Right, and then it'll be try, time to get ready for training camp. <laughs> time to get ready for you know uh, preseason picks and all that kind of stuff. Time so, to get ready. There to is get... no off season. <laughs> just you're gonna you gotta like I, it's amazing. There's no off season. How you, everybody, but everybody somehow in August is in the best shape of their life. And they, they're gonna be more aggressive. <laughs> and, 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 you know. <laughs> They fight harder than they've ever fought before. <laughs> oh man! Oh, Stephen, it's been a good show. Uh, let's talk. Uh, let's talk some more next week. Can't wait. Mm-hmm.